Hey, welcome to Riding in the Weeds. You are here with Ginny and Tash, and we are talking about time. This episode is for you if you get stuck in the weeds trying to keep up with time. How you doing, Ginny? I'm all right, Tash. How are you today? <laughs> Completely discombobulated and disconnected, which is why we are talking about time. Totally, totally. I love it. So tell me about it. So yeah, the the reason I'm disconnected is because we have now been on the road since I think the 9th of May and today we're recording this. I don't even actually know what the date is. I don't know, look at my, it's the 23rd of May. So we've been on the road for some time. We have traveled from the bottom tip of Baja, Mexico. We are now in Montana. We've gone from MST, which is actually the same as PST in Baja. So that really messed us up. We then crossed into the US and I think we stayed in PST for a while. And then we went into MST and then we went back through Vegas. So we were probably back in PST. And then we went back into MST when we headed into Utah. And my husband keeps looking at the time that it tells us how long it's going to take us to get from one place to the other. Once we got to the edge of Salt Lake City, the interstate's 80 miles an hour. So he's looking at it going, Tash, we must be, we've got to be going through a time zone at some point because there is no way we can get from where we are to where we're going in the amount of time that it's telling us. And I'm like, but there isn't a time zone. I'm sure there isn't a time zone. It's because we're going like 55 miles an hour, not 80 miles an hour. So again, like the time that it's telling us it could take us to get there is completely irrelevant, but we have no data. So if we're not connected to our Starlink, we could cross through a time zone and we don't even know. So I, I was thinking about it today and I'm like, you know, honestly, I have a meeting at 9.30 PST and I'm going to drive from where I am towards Montana to Missoula. And I don't know. Again, I'm pretty sure Montana is still in MST or MDT because I looked it up at some point. But Montana might not be in standard time. They might not do daylight savings like Arizona. And so I could be planning that as long as I get there at 9.30, I'm good. I've got an hour to get ready for the meeting. But I might have changed time zone and I'll now be late. And it just really dawned on me how very relative <laughs> this whole time thing is and how when you're traveling, we lose track. And that's probably a good thing. But it does eventually after weeks <laughs> start to make you feel very ungrounded and like you're just not living in the real world. Yeah, I can totally imagine that. To me, I laugh because animals don't really care about time. It's funny because yes, if you're late for dinner, you know, when the whole daylight saving time switch happens and their dinner is not at the appropriate time, oh, they let you know, right? But in the greater scheme of things, they do what they're inspired to do whenever they're inspired to do it. And so they don't live within the construct of time. And I think that culturally, we go to school as children, we grow up, we become adults. And there's this idea of the way we should be doing things and how we should be doing things. We should get up, we should go to work, we should do this, do that, whatever. We have this list of things that we think we should do that are often time related. But really, whose rules are those? 
why do we necessarily need to follow those rules? Is that really in alignment with who we are and where we want to be? I know a lot of people talk about the biological clock ticking or, oh, well, you're getting older. Do you have a relationship yet? Those are also time constructs socially, but does it really matter? Do any of those things really matter? I think that's where the lessons from the animals come in handy. They just are in the moment. It doesn't matter. They're just experiencing the moment for what it is. They're not worried about anything else coming or going outside of this moment. That's all there is. Yeah, it's so true. A few things came to mind while you were talking there. I was having a conversation with this girl a few months ago and she said to me, she's like, oh, well, you know, I shouldn't just be sitting on the beach. I should have a job and I should have a relationship. And she had all those things and it kind of all fell apart during COVID. We talked a little bit longer and I was like, wow, I must be getting old. Because when you're talking to someone who's not quite 30 and they're worried that they haven't got children yet and they're not in a relationship yet and inside you're like, oh yeah, no, I'm definitely not in my 30s anymore because those things don't really matter anymore. It's like, oh, well, you know, there's a lot of people in their 40s and 50s and 60s that are kind of having the same conversations in their heads. And they haven't even realized that a lot of those things aren't really even possible. And sometimes they are possible. Like anything is possible at any time if you want to make it so. As we get older, I think time does become more relative because we realize that it's sort of sped up, but it slows down at the same time. And there's this sense when you're younger that you got to kind of get it all done. And yet, if you get on a bicycle and you go for a bike ride, you'll look at, I'm going to go for a 10 mile bike ride. I wonder how long that's going to take. Well, again, that is completely relative to the type of terrain you're riding. It's the type of trail you're on. It's the type of bike that you're riding. I mean, a 10-mile bike ride on the road is going to be a completely different experience than a 10-mile bike ride out in the forest. I've been on a bike ride before, and especially trail forks. Like I have to tell you, trail forks is the number one way to drive you insane because it'll tell you that you're going to go this much uphill and this much downhill and you're going to go this much distance. And so you have a construct in your mind of how far that means you're going to go and how long it's going to take you. But it's never really that accurate. And it's not quite right. And you don't know until you're on the trail and you're having the experience. And then you might stop and take some pictures or you might have a snack or you might have a mechanical breakdown or you might do your personal best. And I know... For myself, I had this real thing for a while. It's kind of like the weight thing. It, it's relative, right? And I used to be like, oh, I felt so slow today. Like I was dragging my heels and I could have ridden that trail so much faster. And so I started stravering, not for any other reason than to check. Like, well, how fast really was I compared to how fast I was yesterday? Or I felt like I was going really slowly but at the end of the day, when I look at the time on the clock, that would actually tell me whether it was just a mental feeling of going slow or whether actually I did legitimately go 20 minutes slower on the exact same trail on that day. For me, I think those are the sorts of things that stop the monkey brain from going crazy or getting out of control when it comes to biking, because we do, we attach ego and we attach our confidence and we attach things to this construct where, especially when you're talking about biking, I had two hours to go for a bike ride. Unless you're going to be late for something, does it matter? And especially yeah. when you're really talking in minutes, the same trail is not going to take you that much longer than what you thought it might do. And 
I think that comes down to everything. I love that idea that experiencing time can be different. I've heard it referred to as time bending before, where you say, well, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, and it's going to take this long, but it feels like it was over in a flash. Or how many times have you been in an office setting and it's like the day just won't end. It's the same amount of hours as it was yesterday. Like offices like to keep things consistent, right? But yet our experience of it can be so different depending on the day and the time and what's going on in your mood and your energy level and a myriad of different things that are going to influence your experience. And I think that's really what it boils down to that time truly is relative and we just need to stop holding on so tightly thinking that we're going to manage it or manipulate it somehow because it's going to pass. It's the clock will keep ticking. And what that clock says doesn't entirely matter. Really, all that matters is some up, some down. You know, this is going to come and it's going to go. So just being able to be a little more free, I think, with the idea of time. And checking in, am I doing something that feels good to do in this moment? And then what's my experience of that? Was time passing quickly or is time passing slow? And I think sometimes our experience of it can help us determine, should we make any changes? If you're doing something and time is really dragging, is that really the best use of your time in the moment? Is that a good thing to experience in the moment? That's just a good way to check in and find out what's going on here. Yeah. And I think being realistic as well in what you were saying there, giving yourself an idea, like we know that we need at least an hour to make this happen because we lose time the minute we get on the call with each other and time just floats on by. So we have to have constraints like, well, I got to jump back onto another meeting and you've got to go get groceries. And so therefore we have things that are bounding us to this time that we've created and this boundary that we've created for ourselves. Stepping back into biking, it's like that perception of how long it's going to take. So if you don't allow yourself enough time to go for a bike ride, you might end up not actually taking the time to do the bike ride at all because you're stressed about how long it's going to take. And the exact same thing with those jobs that you don't want to do. And often you're procrastinating to do that job because you know, I've got a million emails that have been piling up because I haven't got data. So I can't just do some emails on the road and I can't get through things, which means that I've now got 10 to 20 little five minute jobs that I'm looking at going, oh, well, I actually need to say, right, I'm going to take an hour. I'm just going to knock off all those little ones and I'll get them done. But then yesterday I had a job I needed to do, which took three times as much time as I wanted it to. But if I'd been honest, I know that I've been avoiding doing it because I knew how long it was going to take. So just being honest with ourselves often can take away a lot of that pain and that procrastination and that perceived stress. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to say on that is there's a book called The Upper Limits from Gay Hendricks, and he talks about time in there. And his big thing is time is relative. And if you're running late, calling the person that you're running late to see and saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to be 15 minutes late. When you do that, noticing just how often that person responds with, oh, thank goodness, I needed that extra 15 minutes. Or actually, you know what? Doing it in two hours from now would actually be way 
better for me anyway. And often it's that perception because it's all relative to us and we're in control of our time. We can bend it. And it's in the not communicating, a topic that we're going to talk about soon, that time becomes a problem. Yeah, I love that. We've done that to each other. Like I'm late and I'm like, great, thank you. (laughs) Perfect, it works out well. And the more you can embrace that things happen at the time that they're supposed to, I think the easier life gets. And I have to laugh because I sometimes run on what we call horse time or barn time. Like it's its own time zone. Sometimes when we lived on the farm and I was boarding horses, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to run outside and take care of this. And two hours later, I'd come back in. He's like, what happened? I'm like, ah, barn time. I don't know. I don't even know what (laughs) happened at that point, you know? And with the animals and horses in particular, you have to do things as you can. You can't rush them. You can't change exactly what's happening in that moment. And you might walk into something with an agenda, but you've got to be able to be flexible because they may have something going on. They may be dirtier than you thought and you have to clean them up before you can do anything or any number of things can happen that just mean you just have to take whatever time it takes. And when you can embrace that, it gives you a whole lot more freedom. And I think that's the cool thing about your experience on the road is that you're wandering in and out of these time zones and you don't even entirely know what time it is. But it doesn't really matter. Everything is still happening. You're doing whatever you're influenced to do whenever you're influenced to do it. And we still made it on a call together at the right time. So everything is still happening the way it should. And I think that's the big lesson in time is to let go of some of the tension and control around it and allow it to flow a little more and it gets easier. I like that. That's the letting go of the tension and it happening when it should. When I first started my bike coaching business, uh, and it's not so much to do with time, but the same concept, I needed six kids to sign up for this bike camp and in order to make it happen, And I ended up with three very excited kids to do this bike camp. I was like, well, I can't disappoint them. So I changed the amount of time we were on the bike and I adjusted it. So it still made sense on a profitable scale. And I was then with three little girls and I'm sitting there going, Tash, the universe always gives you exactly what you need. And you always have what you were meant to have. And the experience is exactly what you need because I'd never done a bike camp with little children, little people before. I'm not a mom. I'm not a parent. I have no experience hanging out with little people. And here I am, this 25 year old kid going, right. What would I have done with six to 12 of these? Like I have dealing with three of them and we had a magical experience and it was the best first time experience I could have had. I've got a camp coming up this weekend, but I haven't got anyone signed up for it. And Part of me is upset about that. And the other part of me is like, well, when did you have time to promote it? And really, you're going to come back from a three-week trip across the countryside, get home on Friday and on Saturday morning, be coaching for four hours a day for two (laughs) two hours and expect yourself to be on it? Like, see the state of my bike. (laughs) (laughs) Who thought that was a good idea anyway? (laughs) Right? And so I'm taking it as a gift whilst I still promote this camp. Honestly, the attachment to having those people is probably money attachment more than anything else, because the logic of doing that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't even know if I have clean bike clothes to do it, right? So it's 
just knowing that what we have happen is what's meant to happen for us. And the time that things happen at is the time that things are supposed to happen at. And sometimes we're in a sprint and sometimes we're on the crawl and just being able to accept and let go and move through it is probably actually the key. It's important to be on time. It's important to have your schedule. It's important to turn up when you say you're going to. And it's the communication when it's not going to work out, trying to force it isn't the answer. It's actually asking for grace, giving yourself grace and moving through it. Because I guarantee you, when I tell my husband I'm going to be five minutes and I take two hours, he doesn't get happy about it. But if I tell him I'm going to take two hours and I take five minutes, he's pretty excited. So that's something I try and remember. Yes. So I think to wrap it up, really being able to be okay with wherever things are happening in the moment, time-wise, is the biggest lesson and it has the most value because you never know when that change in timing is going to bring something that could be a lot better. You never know when running late might actually have a benefit to you or when being slowed down in traffic could save you from something else. So just being okay in the moment and allowing time to be a lot less structured and linear the way we think about it, allowing it to flow. I like that. Absolutely perfect. So with that, I am... Natasha Lockie. You can find me on Instagram at Betty Gohad. I have a whole lot of fun biking tips and life tips on there. And you can also find me on the web, BettyGohad.com. And what about you, Jenny? I'm Jenny Brandon. I'm an animal communicator and energy healer for animals and their people too. You can find me on the web at soulpetconnections.com and also on Instagram and Facebook under the same handle. So thank you so much for joining us on this podcast today. We love to hear from you. If you want to like, comment, and subscribe, leave us comments or suggestions. We would love to know what you think. So thank you. Thank you.